first uh, Critical Hit podcast as yet untitled Critical Hit podcast. That's a talking point later, folks. Don't you worry about that. Uh, we are here to talk about uh, video games, movie series, whatever pop culture nuggets tickled us in the past week. I'm joined today by um, the boss of Critical Hit itself, uh, Mr. Darren Bontes. Please, could you introduce yourself? Hello, hello. Yes, it is indeed the Critical Hit Untitled podcast, which is currently recommended by the one dentist who disagrees with the other nine. Quite frankly, he's the dentist you trust because, you know what, if the nine are getting together, there's a racket, you know, there's a racket going on and there's clearly something suspicious, you know, so it's the one, it's the one, it's the one dentist who is going to give you the truth is the one that recommends us. The Colgate Monopoly in action right here. Damn right it is. Darren, how was your, how was your, um, your break? Oh man, it was so good, you know. I mean, we, we worked a hell of a long 2020. Besides all the other chaos that went down, it, it was the, the end of 2020, as you well know. It was it only comes around once every four or five years. The start yeah. of a new console generation, two new consoles, a crap load of games, a whole lot of work to be done. So once that dust had settled, I was just ready to just sit back and chill. So now, now I don't want to say that the dust has settled on like the new consoles but now that we've had sort of more time in which we're not furiously playing them for work did you like did you use any of them on your break oh absolutely uh, the one thing i wanted to do was a uh, i got back into destiny 2 i mean obviously i've done the the beyond light expansion review but uh, i've gone to a point obviously destiny, destiny 2 is a game it receives a lot of updates and i've been playing since 2014 and since then i've been playing as a warlock character and the thing is with the Warlock is that as cool as it is to be a space wizard, Bungie just keeps nerfing this character whenever they introduce a new subclass. So I was like, that's it. I'm changing subclasses. I'm going to see what all the hustle and bustle is about. And I started playing as a hunter. And I'm, Good man. Good man. I'm absolutely disappointed to say that I'm really enjoying being a hunter so much yep, more than yep. a Warlock. Be, play, playing a hunter, you, you realize why um, all the, uh, the other two Destiny cl- subclasses constantly bully hunter. Because it's very clearly the best one. We all know it, right? It is. I, I'm ashamed to admit it. It's taken me so long to see the light. Ironic. <laughs> but the hunter is... <laughs> the hunter's freaking amazing. So, like... Yeah, we might as well just sort of uh, leap into uh, the, the, the gaming roundup, shall we say, of uh, what we've been playing mm. and kicked us off with Destiny 2. Um, so you've been playing a lot more Beyond Light, you say? Yeah. So I've been digging deep into that, you know, doing you know some of the legendary Lost Sectors, just trying my hand at some Nightfall Strikes. But I want you to get to grips with how the Hunter and the Titans play. And I replayed mm. through the entire story campaign because this Num that you bought the uh, Battle Pass and you know, I had to get those ornaments. I had to get every single thing course, yes, on yes. that battle pass. And there's a hundred levels you've got to grind through, and with one character, it takes forever. So, so you've been you've been you've been grinding through. How 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 deep are you into the battle pass then? Oh, uh, dude, I actually you've got like about three months to finish a battle pass, and it actually tells you how many days you've got left. So, I bought that battle pass when Beyond Light came around, and I kind of completed it about two weeks ago. <laughs> No, you didn't. Talk shit. <laughs> I did. I just I, I spent entire <laughs> days just playing Destiny 2, just grinding and grinding, doing the exact same lost sectors. Because eh, this one's easy. You know, get a bunch of bounties. Oh my god! Yeah, so fun. you genuinely finished. So what? What are you doing for the rest of the season? Uh, then I also got back into. Uh, oh, okay. So the rest of the season, well, I'm not actually even bothering with it. You know, I'm just going to come around when a new season rocks around because sure sure at the moment the um, big draw of season of the hunt is the uh, cryptolith uh, item that you get from crow 
Who, by the way, is a reborn Prince Aldrin's sword, but let's not get into that lore. God, Destiny lore. I don't... Okay, <laughs> yeah, sure. But yeah, you do some big hunts, you know, you get some cool equipment. But at the moment, there's no point for me to actually continue with those hunts because I've already got all the gear that it's promised me. And I I, I did do the Hawkmoon exotic quest, and that's about it. So I feel okay. I've got my, my money's worth with the season. So I'm just going to leave it until the next season starts. To go back to, you know, I know you wrote the review for Beyond Light. Hmm. I know when Beyond Light came out, people were, uh, I, I mean, I read a lot of, I think mixed would be a very generous um, mm. way to, to phrase it. How have you been like enjoying like the Beyond Light sort of uh, content beyond just the, the Battle Pass, like now that it's been settled for like, uh, what's it been, like a month or two? Because I know a lot of people were very upset about like some um, weapons being sunset and some strikes being sunset. Like what, what are your, has this affected your Destiny playing? You know, it's kind of difficult because you can't really review the expansion that well when it comes out. I mean, like I waited like two, three weeks before I even did that, that review. I had people say, hey, where's the review? It's like, it doesn't work that way with Destiny 2. And even doing that, I feel like you can only accurately review a, a, a Destiny expansion after you've had a year with it because of the way that seasons mm. impact on, on the game. So... It's becoming less of a hobby for me, more just like a quick diversion I like to come back into when the season starts. Is it? Is it? So it's it's more something you sort of just because there there is there's seasonal events, right? Do you you come back for the seasonal events as well? Yeah, like the the Hawkmoon exotic quest that was something that was worth really worth coming back to, and there, there's a new one happening at the moment with Crow. I need to actually check that out th- this weekend. But yeah, as I say, when, when I do start a season, it becomes like a full-time career for me. That's all I'm focused on. If I've got anything else, sure. it just, you know, falls to, to the side. But when it's done, you know, it's done, you know, that's it. You you you, you did do the, um, where Zero is. Yes, I, I, I still do where Zero is every Friday. He's in the EDC, by the way, if you're going to spend some legendary shards. Oh, perfect, thank you. I, now I just need to download 80 gigs of Destiny 2 to get back into it. <laughs> I was... I was genuinely thinking of getting, I was trying to get back into Destiny 2 though, because it's not, now that all of it's on Game Pass and I don't have to buy expansion separately, I was, but my, my, my the thing that stops me is the last time I tried to get into Destiny 2, which was about halfway through 2019, it was just, it's, it's so much had changed and Bungie had done such a poor job of explaining what was different and how anything worked. I don't know, it, it, it feels like it's a big roadblock. And I know if I just sort of sat down and put some time into it, I could figure it out right it's just i really feel like bungie needs to work on their sort of explanations a little bit more what what you could actually do is um you can go down to the kiosks and you can actually just replay the entire new light campaign and that fills you in with a lot of new new ideas the uh, basics you know just augmenting your your guardian having a look at the at the new stats and stuff but yeah it's i wouldn't say it's an impenetrable game but you really do need to do some reading up you really do need to do some Mm. experimentation but in that way, Destiny 2 is very forgiving. If you stuff up with your armor, don't worry. You'll get a roll. You'll get some new stuff. So it's fun to experiment in the game that way. Yeah, that's fair. That's no, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Maybe I, get, I, I don't have anything that like is my sit down in the evenings and just play with some mates game anymore. Like I, I fell off Apex hard. Um, and I, just, I don't know. I was just looking for something to get back into. Maybe it is Destiny. Hmm. Um, so what else? What else you been playing? What also, else you I went back to Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which you know is my favorite non-Assassin's Creed game. I mean, that, yes, that on the goes to Ghost of Tsushima. 
<laughs> that yeah, I'm about to say that Go- Ghost of Tsushima two it looks really good. I can't <laughs> believe Ubisoft got it for um, like Viking setting, so cool. <laughs> but yeah, I'm now putting in about close to fifty hours for for the review of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. But I had to leave a lot of stuff on the sidelines, you know, because I mean the actual main campaign is so meaty, and this is yeah. a, a Ubisoft game. And I, I will say this now: you can call me a shill, but they make the best sandboxes around. Oh, uh, no, that's, that's that's cool. Are you uh, just just to confirm? You are sort of broadcasting from your Ubisoft uh, yacht, right? That's where you're sitting. No, that's a lie. I'm from my Ubisoft space station. Oh, uh, sorry, sorry. Of course, of course. No, my, my bad. Mm. I get I get them confused, right? Yeah, my, um, my gold plate to Death Star. <laughs> if anyone has got a gold plate to Death Star, it would be Ubisoft. <laughs> um, so, so you you if you you've properly finished Valhalla now? Because we've had a few. Um, debates in the office about about where it sort of stands and like the hierarchy of assassin's creeds mm. what's fascinating to me is the new direction that's going to take now that now that this trilogy is over i mean i'm not going to put down any spoilers but it ends on a heck of a weird note does it does it does it does valhalla link it into a trilogy i think i think that, that's the way it goes for for some reason i think in pop culture there is this obsession with trilogies so You've got mm. Origins, you've got Odyssey, and you've got Valhalla, and they are all connected games through the, that whole Animus bullcrap. Oh, I didn't. I had no idea that they were connected. I thought they were sort of just standalone. Like, oh, okay. oh wait, did, did you not play Origins or Odyssey? I played Origins, but I never got around to playing Odyssey because I don't. I've just never had the time. But I didn't realize that that Odyssey then linked into Origins and then Valhalla. Link. I didn't know that they were connected. Yeah, the, that's actually really cool. There is a narrative line that, that runs through all of them with uh, Layla. Oh God, what's her last name again? Uh, well, whatever the contemporary protagonist. But uh, sure, the, I was, was going to call her. I was going to call her um, Yutani. But, sure. <laughs> but yeah, there is a definitive storyline. There is a definitive beginning, middle, and end with this current trilogy of Assassin's Creed games. And where, where they pick it from there is going to be fascinating. But, man, I freaking love Valhalla so much. What? So, a lot of, I know a lot of people have sort of said that... Um, okay, firstly, how the shit do you pronounce protagonist's name? Uh, should we just actually just Google that quick? Yeah, because I I, I have no idea how to pronounce this, this protagonist's name. Ivior, Avior... Oh, oh, yeah. Avor. It is Avor. 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 Okay. Avor. You plug you plug an Avor on into Google, and it takes you to a. Who is this? This is. A, is it a? Oh no! It's 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 someone from the Faroe Islands, who is a part of a music group called Yggdrasil, which is just apparently if you if your name is Avor, you kind of need to go into the whole Viking cliche. You have no other options. Dude, that is badass. That's kind of cool. That's kind of rad. Um, okay, so wait. Uh, tangent, tangent. Um, a lot of people have said that Avor is not like that compelling of an antagonist. Oh no, I disagree absolutely completely on that. Um, so what? Wh- without getting to spoilers, like what is, like what's, mm, what's like the arc of Avor? Like where? I don't know. I don't know if you could talk about this without getting into spoilers. No, I think I think I can. Okay. Yeah. No, because I'm I'm interested to hear like where. Or how this character sort of is meant to uh, evolve, I guess. I mean, Avor's entire quest is to you know find a new beginning for for themselves. They they go from Va- Va- no, I don't know what I'm saying Valhalla. They go from Norway down to to England, which is already you know not very welcoming to Danes or Norse or Viking warriors, and there is or anyone else for that matter. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> Brexit at Tiffany's going on there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, your whole quest is to just form 
a new home for yourself, to find allies, to set up a foundation for a future for, for your people, for your tribe, your clan. I think that's something we can all get behind. And Eivor as a character, I just find so fascinating. Now, to be fair, I, I did start playing as the female Eivor, but her voice creeped me out. It, it was just so scary for some reason. So I switched to the male Eivor, and I, I think the, the voice actor behind him is just so much better than the, the, the female version. I, I don't know what went on there. So it's so it's a, it's a reverse odyssey. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But okay. as a character, Eivor is just fascinating because he's not this big boisterous dude unless he needs to be. And when he's like walking around, you know, talking and interacting with people, he's he's charismatic, but in a quiet way, in a subdued way. But when when it, when the time comes, he's oh my word, he's Shakespearean with the speeches he he brings out, the insults he throws at you. He's, he's just so different from what we've had before in other Assassin's Creed games. It's it kind of almost sounds like, um, and I don't know if this is a fair sort of comparison to make, but it kind of sounds like he's a bit like um, oh, what is his face from Black Flag, Edward um, Edward Kimway. Yes, kind of sounds vaguely similar to that, reminiscent of that. You know what? I would actually posit that he's more like Hatham Kenway from Assassin's Creed Three, who I always thought mm-hmm. was well deserving of a spin-off game of his own. Yeah, he, he really he really did need his own game. There was was it? Wait, what is Assassin's Creed Rogue? That was someone else entirely. Oh, right? sh- I think it was Shay or something. Assassin's Creed Rogue. I think it was Shay Cormac. I think it was. I think his name was Shay. I don't know. It was some brand that I don't think ever really warranted. You know, I've got that on my. I've got that on my Xbox library. I've been meaning to play it for ages. That in Syndicate, but I don't know if I can go back to that old school of Assassin's Creed now that I've been playing Odyssey and Valhalla, which is so wildly different. So the the other question I wanted to ask about um, Valhalla is uh, for one of a better phrase, Odyssey like to waste time a little bit. <laughs> Odyssey like to from 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 what I've heard, Odyssey like to sort of pad out the game in some less than entertaining ways. I assume Valhalla's better than oh better my at gosh. Doing that. See, this is why I actually went back to Valhalla because the way it builds this world is so much better. If you wanted to do some stuff on the side in Odyssey, yes, you get like a whole list of side quests. And it was such a mission to navigate through them. But in Valhalla, there are all these world events, these side quests dotted around the entire map around you. And once you synchronize on, on a viewpoint, you can see where, where you need to actually go. They they are like little beacons of light. So you kind of stumble into these world events, these side missions, and it just creates a more organic feeling, a more natural way to actually do these missions. And what's fantastic about them is that they, they um, don't give you a very over-explained method of how to actually do these missions. So it's just more fun. It's, it really emphasizes exploring England that much that much better than what you did in Odyssey with Greece. You see, that makes me that makes me think of Red Dead Two more mm, than mm. more than like a. Is that is was that would that be like a fair comparison? Like because that that almost feels like Red Dead Two's way of just like having random NPCs come up to you and be like, "There's a snake in my boot." Absolutely. Although I've yet to find anyone in England that's just roaming around the countryside calling out for Gavin, whoever that is. <laughs> Gavin! Oh, Gavin! That was... Oh, he was like my favorite character. I don't even know if that quest line is ever resolved. I think it's just left. Gavin! Oh, he was the best character in Red Dead 2. <laughs> you know what? There, there is actually a theory that that guy that's calling out for Gavin the whole time is that he has a split personality. So Gavin's all in his head. He is Gavin. And he has no idea about it. Oh, my God. That's that's rad. <laughs> I was like, oh, do you know what? I was actually thinking I needed to go back and, and play a bit of Red Dead 2 again. You see, well, there you you go. see they split Red Dead 
um, online from the base game. Yeah, at, at the moment you can get Red Dead Online for like five dollars, and then like I think end of this month it's going to cost you a whole twenty dollars. Yeah. But they, they they're going all in. I know GTA Five is also going to split out GTA Online in a few months' time. Oh, cool! I actually I, I completely really I completely missed that. That's a really mm. smart decision for, on their behalf, I think. God, that just keeps making money for them. Dude, like the amount of cash that, that GTA Online has brought in for like Rockstar and... Oh my God, it's, it's wild, dude. It's obscene. So, okay, we'll, we'll, I want to get back to some of the other things that you've been playing, but this is a quick... Yeah. I, I find it interesting. Do you think Rockstar goes ahead and actually makes a Grand Theft Auto 6? <sighs> yeah, it's... They, they aren't going to be in a rush to finish that because, as you said, like GTA Online, it just keeps making money. So... They've got such a fantastic safety net right there. And they've got to actually think to themselves, if we make GTA 6, we've got to restart making GTA Online for GTA 6. That's Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, GTA Online is pulling in so much cash for them right now. Do they even bother making, like, the single play like the very expensive, I imagine, mm. single-player game that GTA has been for a very long time, when that's something that, like, people buy, you know, once played through... And I, I've never played a GTA campaign twice. Whereas, like, you have this online ongoing thing. Like, why wouldn't they just go all in on, like, a GTA 6 online only, you know? I could see that. That seems happening. like the, the move. I could see that the I could see that being the move that they would make, right? Yeah, just, you know, you know toss single player to, to the win. Like, it's still there, but I would imagine GTA Online is just so much more intricately integrated within the actual framework of the sequel because like like you said we played a gta campaign twice i've never done that yeah because i mean once you hit about like firstly every gta campaign takes us it takes so long to actually get started and get like going in terms of its story and then like once you've beaten it like that's you know that's kind of it there's nothing really much else it offers unless you want to go back and achievement hunt but i mean who does that these Mm-mm. days but yeah that's i i'm gonna be i want to be very in, i'll be surprised if rockstar actually goes in on a proper all-in single-player gta hmm. talking about single-player experiences and video games we still need to discuss two of yours one which is fairly uh recent your review came out on the critical hit site uh this week which is hong kong massacre yes yes that's the um, game itself isn't actually that recent i think it was 2019 it came out on ps4 and pc yeah but yeah so it's made its transition now to the nintendo switch i got code for that late 2020 played that during the holiday the quick review and you know me i absolutely adore twin stick shooters even though each one is mm. basically fundamentally exactly the same so it's, it's a real um you know it just doesn't feel like anyone's releasing these things anymore you know there's just so few of them in the market on the steam players oh, it's real tragedy yeah i was saying like not enough games take inspiration from from john woo and you know that very specific style of hong kong action but this game oh it just scratched that itch for me it was brilliant what it did so so you are obviously if it's a john woo inspired game there's like obviously going to be some sort of slowdown mechanic right yeah absolutely so you can dive down you can dive through windows you can dive in through doorways you can slow down time take that little brief window of opportunity to line up a perfect kill shot because this is one hit one kill this is one punch man with bullets and it applies to everyone okay so it's like hotline miami but with uh, a sort of a i'm gonna say like a, a chinese detective story noir sort of like the, flavor to it there is a story but it's absolutely something that you can write off it's barely there you no one no one plays these games for a story you just want to go in and have some visceral fun and that, that's a mm. twin stick shooter for you and like i was saying the thing is with the twin stick with the twin stick shooters what can you really do that's different i mean fundamentally 
you've got your top-down perspective, you know, this analog stick does that, this analog stick does that, and the only thing you can really do is augment that entire genre with a few other ideas. So you know what to expect, but you just want something a little bit different that takes you a little bit out of your comfort zone. And Hong Kong Massacre does that fantastically. Okay. So like, I, I'm assuming there's like different weapons and um, different um, enemy types, as you say, to like augment that, that that core experience, right? Yeah, you get your 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 twin your twin handheld nine millimeter guns akimbo. You get your shotguns. You get your machine guns. You get a whole bunch of cannon fodder that comes at you, and you do get boss fights. There's about seven boss fights. They they are all exactly the same, and these guys are absolutely bullet sponges. So. You've got to put all your, your trial and error experience into taking these guys down, and it is mm. not easy. It's it's got that, that Tom Cruise formula to it, where you you know live, die, repeat until you get past that. <laughs> but yeah. once you do, it is so satisfying. And like I'm saying, it's not a very deep game. Go in, shoot guys, roll credits. That's it. But it looks great. It's got style. It's got chutzpah. And, you know, that that's fine. I really don't mind starting 2021 with that kind of game. That, that actually really just feels satisfying to me. Did you... I'm, I'm sure you did. Did you ever play... Um, what is it called? Stranglehold? Yes, yes. John Woo's Stranglehold. I am still waiting for a proper remaster of that. I actually need to check if it's backwards compatible as well. But my God, we need... Oh, more. on the on the um, Series X? Yes. Well... Hmm. Oh yeah, I was checking because you know you got the, the backwards compatibility. So this one dates back to the Xbox 360 days. So I need to see if it ever made it to the Xbox One. And if it did, then you know ipso facto it works on Xbox Series X. Oh yeah, that, yeah, it's actually worth checking because I I feel like that was a game that didn't get that was very underappreciated when it first launched. Mm-hmm. It did not get enough love, and it was such a love letter to its source material. I mean, you got Chow Yun Fat's likeness. You got John Woo doing, I don't know, whatever behind the scenes. But I mean, at least he gave his yeah. he gave his blessing and his name to it, so that counts. That counts. Like a loving father, of course. Yeah. A loving father doesn't need to be present for the for the process of creation. He just needs to put his name on the baby, and then he's fine, right? You know, at least it wasn't Tom Clancy's stranglehold. Oh, for God's sake! Can you imagine? Oh my God! <laughs> I, I am convinced that there is an actual Tom Clancy at Ubisoft that just goes around the dark putting his name on stuff like mine, <laughs> mine, mine. <laughs> <laughs> wait but okay whoa what if it's actual tom clancy and the conspiracy and the, and he's not actually uh left this world <gasps> tom clancy's been alive this entire time and the only reason he's still alive is because he keeps ubisoft needs him to approve the new operators that they put into siege <laughs> come here with all hell he's getting that royalty paycheck <laughs> So the only other thing that I wanted to talk to you about mm. was your Hitman 3 prep. Yes, so Hitman 3 is out in about two weeks. All these other bastard journalists in the first world countries have gotten hands-on time with the first two levels. I haven't. Yeah, I was, I, I was going to ask if you got if you got hands-on. No, no, I haven't. But, you know, I, I've been replaying the, the first two games just to get my, my, my ring rust off, see if I can find any more interesting ways to kill characters. And my gosh, I, I am just so in awe what IO Interactive has created. I mean... I've ported mine now over to PlayStation 5, get some quicker mm. load times going. Oh, that game is just something else. It's so you've been playing, I suppose, Hitman 1 and 2. Yes, I've been reliving some of my, my favorite kills. It's been an absolutely glorious experience. And I'm, I'm pretty f- now familiar with Hitman. So, you know, I'm, I'm all set. I'm all ready for Hitman 3. Bring it on. Let me do some silly stuff. Some very bonkers murders. I saw. I saw earlier this week. Um, IO Interactive did a little trailer where they have basically. Well, they and I don't know if there was a previous announcement, but they showed off footage of Hitman VR. 
Oh, it looks so goofy. It looks so good, is the thing. Oh my god, it looks so good. I, I want to play it, but at the same time, I don't know if my, my brain can handle VR because I, I, I haven't had a PSVR kit and I've only had limited experience with it. But at the same time, you know, if you want PSVR on a PS5, then you need to get that special adapter. And I don't know if you can get it locally in the country. I don't but, think you can. As far as I know, you can't. But do I put money down for a PSVR headset when I know that Sony's working on a successor? You know, should I just be patient? Yeah, I um, I don't know. I don't know if it's especially worth it at this point. For what? Like, So here's the thing, right? They they, they announce um, Hitman VR. It's a PSVR ex- exclusive. I have to imagine that it's going to come out on like Oculus at some point, right? Yeah, timed exclusivity. That's the way I see it. Yeah, I have to imagine that's going to be the case. I, it's, that's probably just worth waiting out. The coolest part about it, though, is that they've also confirmed that um, Hitman 1 and 2, if you own those games, are also going to be completely playable in VR, which I think is amazing. Yeah, I don't know how they even pulled that off. It's just an obscene amount of content that they are bringing in. I mean, I think that's the there's about six locations in the first Hitman, another six in the second Hitman. There's DLC missions. There's the sniper assassin missions. And it's just so much content. There's a lot to work with. And it's it's just like, those, those aren't small levels either. Like, they're massive. And to be able to... I, I want to know how it's going to be to navigate those areas in VR because I, I didn't wasn't paying too much attention to like the um the what's the word the locomotion in the trailer they showed off but i have to imagine it's going to be you're going to have to move with analog sticks right i don't know how else you could navigate a space that big in vr yeah i saw that you also you know aim aim a gun more naturally so you know you gotta get your iron sights up you gotta actually target guys properly so that's going to add another challenge especially if you need one of those kill everyone challenges yeah i'm that that is going to be um I'm actually very excited to see how that because we have an Oculus Quest um, in the one of my colleagues is an Oculus Quest and we uh, agreed that like the second that drops on like Quest or Oculus whatever like that's a day one purchase like that needs to be on on that system just because it's I mean why wouldn't you play those games in VR it's amazing that's so cool it's gonna make some fun streaming I, I imagine yeah um, Darren, do you mind if I talk about what I was up to? Yeah, let me shut up for a bit. One, I mean, don't shut up. I can't. <laughs> I can't talk by myself. Please, um, uh, please keep playing with me in the space. Um, so I, I, I'm. I'll admit that over the over the holiday break, I wasn't actually playing all that much. I tried to like very much separate myself from like games in general. I went down to Stellenbosch, which was the whole university was empty, so it was a lovely place to just. Um, skate around and fall on my face it was it was a good time oh tony hawk's pro bread dude genuinely i i I can lay the blame on the amount like all the bruises and like cuts and scrapes i've got on the ass end of 2020 i'll lay at the at the doorstep of tony hawk it is his fault but you know what you wear those bruises with pride i mean i do i do i I got chased out of a parking lot and i've never felt more 15 it was (gasps) amazing it was so exciting so extreme so extreme i'm i I don't i mean i don't want if there's any women listening to this i don't want to just you know (laughs) ladies ladies hello (laughs) um (laughs) so what, what i did play was i finally got around to um beating hades multiple times yes well done thank you it it took me um far longer than i ever thought it would because i so i reviewed it when it first came out uh, and i adore it it's i mean it was easily gay it was our game of the year it was the critical hit game of the year yes and it deserved that title um with all the plump but i only ever actually beat it once for my review um 
which is it was a little mark of shame for me I'll, I'll i'll admit um so i went back and i decided i was like gonna beat this game more than once which mm. turned out to be a little more um difficult than i thought it would be because i have a, like when i'm playing roguelikes like i i have this weird um almost compulsion that if i sort of take damage in the first area the first like level not even just level like the first like you know uh, what's it um tartarus if i take damage in tartarus speaking specifically to hades i'll just restart even if it's just okay. a clip if it's a little clip i'll restart it i i, I cannot <laughs> play after that i have to restart that level as well i get very very like literally um, unplayable yeah it's literally unplayable i can't get th <laughs> this run has failed I've taken three damage. I have 200 HP. This is a failed run. I can't do this. But I went back and I I, I finished it again with the um, the gauntlets, the spear, and what is the other one? Oh, and the shield. I can't remember what anything. Mm, nice combo. Was. Very, very, very good. And which uh, which god favors did you have equipped? So for the um, the spear, I was using mainly like Zeus's um, light, like chain lightning attacks, which worked. Um, really really well especially for like when you get to hades like second phase and you start spawning mobs that are like gonna swarm you and and and, and kill you and whatnot that was very very useful the best i think the best combo i i did get was on the gauntlets there was a i can't remember what the name of it but the the blessing was essentially if you kill something with your uppercut because i had the um, the form of the gauntlets that when you do the uppercut the special move it sort of sucks the enemies into them which is just it's what a cool weapon what a cool weapon that sounds so cool. You know what I would lo love is a live reaction compilation video of, of Hades, of when someone that gets to Hades for the first time and they, they knock him down and then Darren Korb's uh, soundtrack starts getting so metal and all of a sudden Hades gets like a second oh, win. He just gets back up and, <sighs> and he's just like, there's just lasers and shit everywhere. <laughs> oh, it's so rad. So so the gauntlets run, I I, ha I got a blessing that whenever I killed something with the, the uppercut, I would get back three health, uh, which Ooh. turned out to be like the, th the thing that saved me like that whole run. Because in yep. that second stage, Hades spawns like little explosive orbs like mm -hmm. on a timer that you can kill. And I didn't ex I didn't know if they counted as sort of enemies. So I was attacking them and killing them with the uppercut. And I noticed I was getting the HP back. So if I was ever low, I would just like duck and hide, wait for him to drop some orbs. And then I would just smash him, heal myself back up and get him there for another fight. But that, Jesus, that game was good, hey? That game oh. is so good. Everything about it is just fascinating. Because I mean, like, it, it takes a lot of inspiration from, from Dead Cells. I'll say that much. But it builds on that idea so beautifully. It's just endlessly fascinating you just explore it like death is not the end you know there's always something more to uncover and it's beautiful the music is fantastic the, mu the, the music i was gonna say the music is, is it was i don't know if we had an award for for best ost but if we did i i would have fought you to put hades at the top of that oh they, it would have been a, a competition between hades and doom eternal i swear mick gordon's oh my god uh, yeah no doom eternal was and we, we we were talking about if we're talking about soundtracks we we can't forget Ori and the Blind not Blind Forest one of the worst because that soundtrack <gasps> was also Gareth Coker oh yes oh man and he was an absolute pleasure to talk to you about that soundtrack that dude put so much of his, of himself into it I feel like I feel like we you in particular did a lot of interviews with composers for game composers last year and there was some really interesting like discourse like within <sighs> those those discussions it was fascinating I mean I can't remember I'm terrible with, with names so there was dude from Dead Space 
Ori and the Will of the Wisps, um, the Outer Wilds. I hope it's Outer Wilds. I always get confused between that and Outer it Wilds. It was. Yeah, no, it was it was Outer Wilds. I'm fairly confident as well. Yeah, that was, that's one of my, my so, I, mean, I remember reading, because that was my favorite one. I remember reading that and being like, oh, yeah, Outer Wilds. I can't believe Darren still hasn't played this. <laughs> it's not my kind of game. I, I have tried it, but that, the soundtrack on Outer Wilds is something else. No, it's gorgeous. Like the sort of folksy wistful loneliness art oh, it's gorgeous we should have had an award for for best waifu and handed that to meg because she was definitely deserving of that oh megara is just oh she's just uh she's she's bad dude she's bad mm. she's just she's just so chill well she's not chill but she's just she's just trying to do a job and i know like ex-boyfriend is like rocking up i mean they're they they they're ex-lovers right like they yeah. that is i don't know if it's confirmed but they're definitely like ex-lovers yeah and there is one point where you can actually rekindle that the whole romanticism. Oh shit! The, really? Yeah, it actually happens. I, I didn't know. I haven't done that yet. But that's Hades. Okay, well, it's just it just endlessly fa- fascinating characters. My 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 favorite, but like also just like the little like the little details in it, right? Mm. My favorite one is um, so someone pointed it out on Twitter, and I I just it made me appreciate the game to another level. Is when you fight just after you finish fighting um, Perseus and the the Minotaur, like all the all this um what's it shades in the in the stands they're cheering cheering at you they're 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 so pleased to see um see you uh die and then you end up winning and they're all very disappointed except if you go over to the left of the screen there's one little red shade who's supporting you and zagreus always like sort of doffs his hat at him and says oh thanks good to see you in the crowd bud I just think it's so fun. That's so cool. I have to replay Hades now just to see that. Did you not see that? No. no, no. <laughs> there is, there is. Every one of the shades is blue because they're obviously all supporting. Um, is it Perseus or Theseus? It's Theseus. It's Theseus, not Perseus. I think so. Yeah. They're all supporting. They're all supporting Theseus, and there is one single red shade who is always just there. Like once you win, he's the only one sort of like still cheering for you. It is so cute. This is the original only fan account. <laughs> In a far more literal sense than uh, <laughs> the current iteration of OnlyFans. <laughs> then the only other thing that I sort of played, I, I played a bit of Pokemon Platinum, uh, admittedly, but I, I don't particularly mm. want to talk about Pokemon Platinum because we're here to put good energy out into the universe. Look, I, I've got to be honest. Poke, uh, Pokemon Platinum is the compilation of Diamond and Pearl, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Diamond and Pearl. Oh my gosh, I do not like the Diamond and Pearl generation. It is, oh man. I love Pokemon. We we both love Pokemon. You come from Ruby yeah. and Sapphire, and you go to Diamond and Pearl. It's just like so painted by the numbers. It's like designed by committee. Yeah, it was exceptionally committee designed. You can see it. But my, I mean, my biggest issue with Platinum is, so Platinum is the only Pokemon game. Was po- only Pokemon generation like this? Is what we're talking about now? Yeah. Uh, Diamond and Pearl that I haven't finished. That's the, it's the only Pokemon game I've never actually finished. So I said to myself, I I have Platinum. I'm wa- I want to finish this this generation. I want to finish this game. Huh. And I I just don't know if I'm going to because while it is very sort of committee paint by numbers, geez that game wastes your time. Hey, it's so un- that game, uninspiring. It's so uninspiring, and it, there is just so much pointless garbage that is just stuffed between every gym that you then have to rush off and do, and none of it feels very exciting or compelling in the slightest so you're just sort of like having to grind through these uh, i would use an inverted car story moments to eventually get to the gyms and i don't know even the pokemon aren't that exciting yeah and i will say my biggest gripe is that this game does fire type pokemon so dirty oh, please do elaborate well there's hardly any new fire type pokemon within 
uh, diamond and pearl, and they are such a rare uh, species to actually encounter. I mean, even your, your starter fire type, if you take it, it's just such a lame one. And, dude, I, I don't know why. I just always kind of tend to... That's one of my, my favorite types of Pokemon. First is dark type, then fire type. And they, I just mm, wanted to mm. find a few of them to make, like, my almighty fire team. But, nope, they don't want to give it to me in Diamond and Pearl. Nope. Yeah, so that, they, there's also rumors that that's going to be the next remake, isn't it? Yeah, they've got a lot of work ahead of them. But I will say that if we stay positive, the, the best thing about Pokemon Diamond and Pearl is that the, the the reception to that game gave birth to, to Black and White, which I think is one of the finest generations of Pokemon. It's one, It is. It's my favorite generation, I think. I play yeah, Black and White 2 my favorite Pokemon games without question best storylines uh, easily easily the best yeah because they actually put context into the Pokemon universe they're like oh hey maybe we yeah. shouldn't be making these creatures fight one another <laughs> you know maybe I shouldn't make a creature that can bend all of time and space you know take on a bit take on a water beaver yeah maybe maybe that's not ethically sound maybe we need to just consider our actions here for a second guys yeah maybe Peter had something relevant to say yeah I, I, can you imagine if like 20 years down the line there was some sort of massive expose and it, it, it turns out that Peter was the one that exposed <laughs> that, that funded black and white and it, Pokemon Company weren't even going to touch it they weren't even going to go there because they realized the second they started question, they started putting those questions into the audience's head they would never come back to Pokemon and yeah. Peter was like yes we must do this so they weren't going to make it but then Peter threw like three billion dollars at them went to some ceo and he's like right chaps here we go we're going to sort this out mm, i want to see a documentary on that forget about team rocket team peters where it's at team peters where it's at so the, the, yeah the only other thing i wanted to touch on the, the sort of recent um uh, game that i finished was kentucky i can never make kentucky route zero i always want to say kentucky route zero because it sounds weird to say kentucky followed by the english version which is route <laughs> It wouldn't be incorrect. I mean, it's technically correct. You can get away with it. You can get away with it, but like, I'm fairly certain "route" is like the American sort of pronunciation. But I, it always feels uh, weird to me. Mm. But yeah, so I've, I've finished playing Kentucky Route Zero, which is a game that was seven years in the making. I want to say. What? I mean, I've, I've heard that, that that name thrown around in a lot of press releases and you know it's always been in the back of my, my mind but i have absolutely no frame of reference with this game i've got no idea what, what it is yeah so kentucky route zero is it came out the first episode came out sort of when uh that episodic sort of adventure game format was very very popular i think the first episode came out in 2013 and it's been sort of steadily released over the past seven years um developer the developer which is uh i'm blanking on the name of the developer but they've sort of they've been throwing out like little interludes if you will that sort of contextualize the world and add a bit of flavor a bit of fluff to it throughout the years but it's it finally wrapped up the beginning of uh, 2020 the final episode being episode five and it is a it is one of perhaps it's probably the most artsy game i've ever played it is Ooh. pretentious artsy fartsy bullshit but i'm here for every second of it <laughs> but what, what do you mean artsy is it like what, what kind of style does it have is it like another pixel art style game which i'm getting so sick of or i'm getting very sick no fortunately not it's, it's not pixel art it's like this sort of faded out low detail uh 3d models kind of low poly uh, if you look at it it's sort of as a screenshot it looks 2d but you know once you sort of start moving around in the world it's very clearly a 3d environment that you're mm, you have my attention now it's it's very um it's a game that i think is has been constructed and developed written cardboard computer that's the developer's name it's been designed to resemble a play uh in a very specific way it, it, it feels like it's invoking a lot of traditional play aesthetics 
styles like every every chapter of the game is rather like uh, act one scene two and like those little um title cards pop up whenever you start anything huh so it feels it's it feels like it's a story that's sort of written imagine a story written by like samuel beckett uh david lynch and uh who's the last guy i'm thinking arthur miller it's like all three of them sort of like melded their brains together and created this weird amalgamation of Americana tragedy and surreal nonsense. And f- look, I'm describing it very poorly because it's very difficult to describe what Kentucky Route Zero actually is. <sighs> but it's it's weird. It's like really emotional. It's 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 an it's an amazing game. It, I feel like I'm I'm battling to really talk about it in any sort of great depth because it's not something you can really describe. It's it's an experience that you need to sort of participate in. You know. Let, let me ask you this: Is this the kind of game that you would play a chapter at a time, or could you easily binge your way through the entire series? I mean, it, you, oh, easily. You could easily get through the entire series. Huh. In like in like in like a, 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 at least an afternoon. If, you know, if you started at lunch, you would be finished by um by supper. Like that 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 sort of that sort of uh, time length is what you're looking at. It's, yeah, so it's not a long not, game at all. No, no, it's, it's not. It's not very long. I would, but I mean, it it ranges from episode to episode. Like, I think the first episode is roughly an hour and a half. The second episode is probably about forty minutes. And then, the, I mean, the final episode, episode five, was I'm gonna say I finished it in about thirty minutes. It, it's it's not it's not a long game, but it, it essentially tells the story of a man who is trying to deliver a, a piece of antique furniture to an address he can't find in a very lonely very rural kentucky area and a lot of the game is sort of based on on those ideas of like a quiet removed part of uh, of american culture you know the the, the long-haul truckers of the world uh, and 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 on that journey you meet different characters you meet different people and it starts it, it actually it, it almost gets to control like the federal bureau of control hmm it, there, there, there are elements of control in it as well. It's this big, it's this big statement on American um, bureaucracy and the failings of capitalism and how the people that really deserve to be done well by the systems of America are the ones that fall prey to it the worst. It's, a, it's a genuinely very interesting game. What has made it even more interesting to me is that because it was made over seven years a lot of things happened in america over seven years what you know? stuff happened in america no yeah, it's not, i know it's, it's strange to think about it I mean, you know it's it's not really at the forefront of your head but you sort of think about yeah a lot of things happen in america huh? but it, it's it's it was amazing seeing like if you if you look in the context of episode one is in 2013 episode five is 2020 like you can there, there are some messy elements where you can see the developers like we need to change we need to pivot we need to reflect what is happening right now which i think is so interesting that you have the sort of like seven year span of almost kind of documentation of what the developers were actually sort of like experiencing and looking at and viewing through the news and the environment they were in i don't know it's it's a fascinating game i really think it's a thing something if you have any interest in sort of video game narratives and writing it's something that desperately needs to be played by more people i always find it fascinating when some form of media is accidentally timely and you know kentucky Route zero it seems to really hit on that capital chaos that, that you're talking about that's been dominating the whole newscape yeah no it's it, it doesn't really go all in it, it, it never it never becomes preachy which i like it never becomes uh, didactic in what it's in what it's trying mm. to communicate it just it, it 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 focuses on on the plight of the characters in this world that is very clearly evolving and, and forgetting them and they're trying to survive yeah no it's it's a 
it's a gorgeous game and it really i really if, if if you can take anything from this rambling speech it's just go and play it it's not it's not expensive and it is well worth your time yeah go support your your indie developers they deserve it they really do deserve it so darren now that we've sort of uh, caught up uh, <laughs> with the year uh with the end of the year should we look forward into the beginning of the year? Unless you want to talk about... I was thinking we, we, we while well, we keep on... We're talking about video games, right? Let's, let's yeah. keep it on video games. We can ca- talk about movies and series we've been watching when we're, when we're finished with that. Yeah, let's change up our first schedule, but let's talk more about video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just just because I'm, it's, it's, it's thematic, right? So yeah. we, we, we've ended 2020. Let's look forward into 2021. <clears throat> what, what are we looking forward to? All right, first game that I'm looking forward to, obviously... <laughs> You know, no, no big guesses. Hitman Three. Uh, yeah. It's, oh, I've been looking at those previews. They, they be these guys have been playing the first two stages. I'm like, oh, you bastards! I want some of that. Yeah, that. I mean, Hitman Three. We spoke about it briefly already, but yeah. that game still looks amazing. Yeah. So I'm not going to talk more about that. But the other big game on my list is Gotham Knights. I mean, you're talking to do with the Batman tattoo on him. Of course, I want to play yeah. Gotham Knights. Yeah. I mean, as anyone, if anyone follows you on Twitter, anyone mm-hmm. listening. Go follow Darren on, on, on Twitter because you should see his shelf. It's it's kind of a magnificent masterpiece. Yeah, and once once I've got got the um, funds for it, there's going to be a Pacific Rim shelf going next to that. Oh, is there? Are you planning a Pacific Rim shelf? Yeah, N- Naker makes a whole bunch of great Pacific Rim toys. And I think I really need to get a few of those Jaegers for my collection. To stand very proudly next to your um, army of uh, Batman. By the way, I was looking at, at your shelf of Batman. And I, for some reason, I was really expecting to see an animated series Batman, and I didn't. You see, the thing is, I've stuck mostly to one brand of Batman toys, which is Hot Toys. But there is a, a early 90s animated series Batman six-scale figure. That was made by Mondo. And I'm thinking to myself, do I buy this? Do I break up my brand loyalty just so that I can have a complete Batman collection? It's freaking, it's tearing me apart more than a pacifistic <laughs> juggernaut. Like, I'm going to have an aneurysm if I think about this. I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to sort of instill an existential crisis into you on our very first it's, show. This, this is my upcoming midlife crisis. Most guys, you know, they, they normally look at their beer bellies, they get an ear piercing, and they go buy a new motorcycle. Me, it's Batman toys. It's Batman toys. you got to figure out if you want to go in on the animated series of Batman. Oh, it's, it's, it's tearing me apart. But no, Gotham Knights looks... So we haven't seen... We saw one trailer for it. Uh, cinematic trailer we saw trailer we saw some extended gameplay and my yeah. main takeaway from this at the moment is that it resembles Assassin's Creed Odyssey specifically a lot which isn't a bad thing not a bad thing at all it's no. considering it's also Warner Brothers Montreal that's yeah. like I mean I feel like Warner Brothers Montreal have stuck very very closely to one sort of type of game which is like the I think they did Shadow of War and Mordor uh no 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 that was monolith but Mo- montreal did my favorite batman game which is batman arkham Ar- origins oranges yes uh oranges look yes. i will say that arkham knight i think is the best batman game but origins is my favorite because it, it just hit the yeah. nail on the head on so many different facets that appeals to me with a good batman story except troy baker's joker i think we can both agree that, that oh my god just you know just why would you hire troy baker to do your joker when you've got joe dimaggio and if you haven't seen Batman Under the Umbrella Hood, just go oh, watch that. Oh, Joe Dimaggio is so good as the Joker, like, right? Why are you not having this guy voice the Joker instead of, you know, now that Mark Hamill is basically retired from the role, just give it to Joe Dimaggio. He's clearly having a good time. He's clearly brilliant at it. And he clearly sounds a hell of a lot better than Troy Baker. You read really it. My thing was like, don't hire Troy Baker to do someone else's voice. If you're going to hire a new That's, voice actor, let them absolutely. do their own spin on it. Right? Yeah, and, and Troy Baker, I don't know. It's I'm just getting so... 
tired of his voice. He's such a good actor, but other times he can phone it in. I mean, I don't know if you've played Spider-Man Miles Morales yet. No, I haven't. He basically plays a white-collar criminal, but it's just it's like such a paint-by-numbers by portrayal from him. Yeah, yeah no, I must admit, I'm also getting a bit uh, tired of yeah. that. But anyway, sorry, we, we tan- tangential yes, tangent. Yes, yes. Okay, so, Gotham Knights. Yes. So for those unfamiliar, Gotham Knights, it kicks off, you know, not to give it another bad note, but Batman's dead. <laughs> Ah, oh, nuts. I can't believe this has happened. For realsies this time. <laughs> yeah, sure. And in his stead, you know, that the Bat family has stepped up. You've got Barbara Gordon, the Batgirl. You've got Dick Grayson, Nightwing. You've got the Red Hood, who I know is one of your personal favorite characters. Yeah, yeah one of my personal favorite. And you've yeah. got one of the best Robins, Tim Drake. Don't you dare say okay. the worst Robin. Don't okay. you dare. No, no, you know what? When we were having this, this discussion, you, you mentioned the worst Robin. And I was I, I thought initially you were talking about Damian Wayne because yes, but then I was like Damian Wayne isn't in Gotham Knights. Are you, are you referring to Tim Drake? Because you're definitely not talking about Dick Grayson. Like I that's not who you're talking about. Yeah, oh. da- Damian Damian yeah, Wayne t- can, can get in the sea. Hate that guy. Oh, I'm so sick of that oh, character he's so as well. He's the um, Troy Baker of Robins. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Gotham Knights looks like it's going to be sort of a, um, a more RPG sort of spin, more action RPG sort of spin. On the um, Arkham formula, yeah. And so if you've got some live service elements there, I think that's a big thing with Warner Brothers. They really want to hammer in live service gameplay. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how this game kind of plays out. Especially when you've got Rocksteady, we've got the um, Suicide Squad versus Suicide Squad Kill the Justice yes. League. It's going to be out in 2022, I think. Yeah, I think they said it was going to. They're, they're aiming for 2022, so it's not confirmed. Whether it's yeah, that's, that's, that's the current plan. So it'll be out in 2024. Um, and then, you know, until then, there'll be Gotham Knights that will carry that Batman flag high. And I've seen some stuff like alternate skins, ideas like that. And, you know, I think this is the one game that could really work because you've got that, that massive rose gallery of Batman villains. And, you know, every week if you have like, oh, Mr. Freeze is on the prowl. You've got to stop him in this exotic raid quest line. I'm like, yeah, I can yeah, do that. I'll do that. I don't mind doing that at all. Sure thing. Yeah, they'll bring me back. Yeah, yeah, have some money for a season pass so I can get that Red Hood um New 52 skins. Yes, Give please, it to I'll take that. I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, take I'll, all my I'll, money. I'll join you on that. The other, the other big rumor, which is, well, we know that the quarter hours are going to be a big um, aspect in it. Mm. The other big rumor that, and I don't know if it's true or not, don't quote me on, on this, but the other big rumor is that the quarter hours are going to be fill, filling a sort of, you know, the orcs fulfill like a nemesis system kind of role in Shadow of War. Like uh, the, the <gasps> quarter hours will be like a nemesis system, like playing like gotham oh can you just imagine oh it but they've got to have like this like cockney accent and like you like portray the rooftop and all of a sudden like one of the the elves the talents appears it's like oh boy <laughs> remember me look at you come back here to death alley <laughs> oh man I, if that if that is the case and 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 the court of ours are this nemesis system where you have to sort of recruit these talents like unbrainwash them you know like unprogram <sighs> them to uh fight for you and then you know do a little war yeah, against the other like court of owls like members that would be the coolest thing i've ever seen in a video game oh my god oh, you can get away with killing them because canonically they are basically zombie super soldiers yeah. um just like destiny 2 but yeah it's gonna be such an interesting system to see what kind of talents that they actually send off to you yes because there's like there's like a whole different like range of talents aren't there yeah absolutely because they've been around for, for centuries ever since the founding of gotham and when the call of owls took over and you've got to figure out how's that going to play with four different characters who each have their own style of gameplay that you've got to master. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for um, Gotham Knights as well. I think that's going to be a 
I think I, I don't want to like. Please don't at me if this, if it comes out in six months and turns out to be shit. But I think it's going to be a fantastic <laughs> game. Mm, yeah, I'm down for it. So well, what what else we got? We got your Far Cry Six. Yes, Far Cry Six. I know I'm going to get some flack for this, but dude, I I love the, the Far Cry series. I know that you know thematically and mechanically every game is the same, but it's just such comfortable junk food gaming, mm. and that's what I'm down for. You know, I know the game's probably going to start with a helicopter crash after you meet the main bad guy who's played by Giancarlo, Giancarlo Esposito. Esposito. Yeah, which, which is, yes. what a cost for a corrupt, like, a dictator. What a cost. Yeah, oh, that dude is just so brilliant lately. I know he's been popping up in media as some dickhead in charge of something, but he's so good at it. Yeah, he he, he was, Um, he, I mean, you must know him from Breaking Bad, surely. I've never watched Breaking Bad. Oh, then I think you're referring to Breaking Bad then, yeah. <laughs> but I did watch the, the new season of, of The Boys that he was in, and he was just, oh, yes, he, of course. he was chilling. Yeah, no, he's, he, is an, he is a phenomenal actor. Like, I think, he, like, no one, they couldn't have cast that role better, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and he was in basically the final few episodes of the first season of The Mandalorian, and he was in the second season, which I haven't bothered watching because everyone spoiled it for me. So, yeah. you know, stuff that. Also, but just yeah. like, hey, Disney Plus, like, we're down here, right? We're at the, I know we're at the end of the world. We're down here. Come on. Take my money. I, I, I want you to have this money. <laughs> yes. Do you not want more money? What is wrong with you? God, You're Disney. American. Why won't you take my money? God, just Disney is, oh. We could we could talk for hours. Yeah, Wait. Mickey Mouse is like, oh, I got all the cash. I didn't need it. <laughs> <laughs> we got you, bud. <laughs> uh, so what else we got here on your list? We have Deathloop, which is yes. going to be the PS5 exclusive very briefly. Oh, man. I mean, Dishonored is so underrated. And yes, Arcane Studios coming out with a new game saying, all right, we're basically making a first-person hitman. But the added twist here is that one of your friends can play as another character who's going to try and assassinate you. You've got one night, you're stuck in a groundhog day with guns, time loop, get to work. It's Which is such a cool idea for like a um, a, a multiplayer concept, right? And that you, 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 you are the assassin who is assigned to take out these targets and your bud is the one that is going to be standing in your way. That is so <sighs> rad. I think it's going to be such a... A, a cathartic stress relief for those guys that want to be a dick online and now they, they've been given you know a license to be a dick you know all right here's the game for you get to work yeah i think it's but like the, the powers they've shown off the aesthetic that, that that sort of 70s grindhouse aesthetic works so well with the idea of a time loop assassination game you know dude visually that game is just tickling all those centers of my of my, my brain i mean i love how this honor looked like an oil painting come to life but this one oh yeah give me that film grain give me that noisy visual aesthetic give it to me i just need we just need danny can you imagine they put in danny trejo as like a uh, a dlc character <laughs> as like machete oh my god machete machete oh my god <laughs> machete so lives again in, in death loop and machete lives and dies again i can't wait <laughs> he lives he dies he lives he dies he lives he dies. <laughs> so exciting uh russian clank rift in time tell me yes, about no. that now, I mean, Ratchet and Clank is an absolute treasure. I don't know if you played the last one. What was it? Was it Nexus? Ratchet and Clank Nexus? But anyway, those are just such good games, no matter how old you are, no matter how experienced you are. And it's mm. just this fantastic adventure. But the reason why I'm so excited for it is, to me, it's going to be the perfect PlayStation 5 showcase game. I mean, yeah. I've got a PlayStation 5. I've got a nice TV I want to show off when someone comes around and they are wearing the mask and sanitizing their hands. Yes, and I'll be, I'll be using Spider-Man Miles Morales to, to show off that I've got a PS5. But I think this one, that's going to be the game that says, yeah, this is next-gen or new-gen technology right here in my hands. Look at this. So the, the biggest thing that they've shown off about uh, Rift in Time are the titular Rift in Time, which are just straight-up loading 
entire levels like that. It's, it's pure SSD magic. I mean, I have noticed like a slight little lag, but it's it's minuscule. Unless your eyes aren't trained for that kind of thing, you're not going to notice it. Yeah. And you know, just to be able to drop into another level instantly, it's it's that's next gen. That's what I want from from next gen. I want that ease of use. I want that quality of life enhancement. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm 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 with you. I the the, the more I see of Ratchet and Clank Rift in time, the more I'm reminded that um, Naughty Dog will never do another Jack and Daxter, <sighs> which kind of breaks my heart a little bit. <laughs> Plus, it just looks fun. I mean, really, you don't need something yeah, complex just... to have a good time. No, you don't. You, you can just you just give me a Lombax with a massive ass gun on his shoulder, and that's probably going to be what I'm doing for the rest mm, of the weekend. Yeah. Anyway. Just give me one good adventure that leaves me feeling absolutely satisfied by yeah. the end of the, of the of the day. I don't need every game to be a live service. Just just give me a good time. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's PlayStation's whole sort of like market, right? That's that's yeah. that's, that's that's their they are positioning themselves as the island amongst live service nonsense. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually surprising how replayable a non-live service game can, can be. Because, I mean, I've gone back to Spider-Man from 2018, now that's been remastered. I'm yeah. still having a good time. What are, your, what are your feelings on the new voice actor? New voice actor? Oh, not, uh, sorry, not, not the new voice actor, the new face that they've given the, the Peter Parker. It's, it's disconcerting because I got so used to, to, to that face. I'm replaying that, that, that game. I will say that the actual facial capture technology... It emotes brilliantly, but I need to replay that game until right to 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 the end because I mean that that final fight with Doctor Octopus is is heartbreaking. So no, I need to see so if it can reach that benchmark because that that to me there is digital acting at its finest. Yeah, no, that they Insomniac. If Insomniac can do one thing better than anyone else, it's like animation. Like the animation is next level. Yeah, like it's good, but I just don't understand why. I mean, you had something perfectly good to begin with. Why, why spend more money on this? It, it, it doesn't it make strange. sense. I, I do say from the, from, from the stills, because obviously I haven't been able to see it, um, from the stills, like I kind of think I prefer the younger face because it is a much like sort of is, is, it looks like there's some baby fat on there. I can I can get around with that with Peter Parker. Sure, I can I can buy that. No, but I mean he's, he's 28 by the time the game starts. Uh, or 26 yeah, years I old suppose, by the yeah. time the game starts. So I'd like to see a little bit more experience on the face. Yeah, that's fair. There was there was like there was an exhaustion in the previous face, which I always did appreciate. That I will yeah. Say, all that responsibility weighing heavily on him. You could see it there. Yeah, no, that that, that, that is fair. I, I did like that 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 part of it. Before we move on from Ratchet and Clank, I do just want to say, um, if someone from Sucker Punch ever does uh, listen to this uh, podcast, um, <laughs> and you know what? Congratulations on Ghost of Tsushima. Great game. I'm so pleased for you. Um, but there is, there, there is, there is a... Um, a game which you guys have neglected over the years, which I just feel like you need to come back to, Sucker Punch, please. If we can get a Sly Raccoon for the PS5, I would be very... Um, uh, for, um, Sly Cooper. Oh, my God. Can you get, just please, Sucker Punch, <laughs> please, can you just do another Sly Cooper? Please. Come on, guys. Make bread stay. Please. Just give me another Sly. That game was like... He's asking that. you nicely. I'm asking you nicely. Idiots. No, I'm asking you nicely. <laughs> My 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 the my most anticipated game for the year, I think, without question, is going to be uh, Resident Evil Village. Oh, thank God! Yeah, I'm. So, I'm I know you're pleased that I'm going to be the one to review Resident you Evil have Village. No idea, because I'm such a coward. So I'm so happy when you agree to review horror games. It, it makes my day. I, I'll t- I'll take whatever horror game you throw at me. I I I love horror games. The medium's coming out fairly soon as well. Which I, yes, that's a few yeah, days. Yeah, a few days. So, which I would not mind reviewing either. But well, that's a discussion to have in the office. But Resident Evil Village is going to be the eighth game in the, in, in the franchise. We can see well, eight eighth mainline game in the franchise. There's been so many spin-offs from yeah. the from the trailers shown. It looks like there's going to be we're going to be returning 
with uh, Chris Redfield. He's going to be coming back good. The big beefy boy himself. Very exciting. Absolute unity. This this is his final form. His final form. Like like <laughs> he he has his muscles have grown to such an extent that he has to wear a trench coat at all times. To just conceal he, his power. For them Dragon Ball Z fans, he's basically reached that intermediate stage between Super Saiyan and Ascended Super Saiyan, where like he just had too many muscles. Like I don't know if anyone <laughs> recalls when Vegeta and Trunks fought, fought Perfect Cell after he just reached that form. That's basically Chris yeah, Redfield. That's basically no. Chris Redfield at the best of the days. You know, he just he just goes down and, and, and into Africa every, every once a year and just starts punching rocks and he just gets <laughs> huge, dude. But I so, mean, if you if you paint him green, he's basically the Hulk. Yeah, he, 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 he is Resident Evil's version. Uh, of Chris Smash! <laughs> so, if Village is continuing on for Resident Evil 7. You're playing as the protagonist of 7, whose name was Jason, I believe. I might be... I, th- I think it was Ethan. Ethan, Ethan, yes. Ethan is, is his name. Yeah, you'll be playing as, as that guy. We don't know anything else beyond that. We know that there is not going to be just zombies. There are going to, going to be weird stuff, like, uh, I think they've basically teased werewolves and witches and weird magic and stuff which is yes thank you i think there was I yeah, one rumor that, that there would even be ghosts oh my god yes give it to me i you know what i don't resident evil's so dumb already you know resident <laughs> evil's so stupid and, and full of bullshit why not just go all in on the bullshit yeah. you know <sighs> just just give it to me see this is what i like about capcom compared to ubisoft because ubisoft also has this, this supernatural elements within the, their games mm. especially uh, assassin's creed but for some reason they've always got to explain it like there's always like a little gas leak around you there's always some mushrooms around you or there's some anomaly in the animus i don't care just run with the bullshit yeah, just, just embrace go. it like like video games are dumb like just do it like uh, who, who yeah. cares you know resident evil like we, we we've seen it's it's like bio mutants with like made out of like living slugs and leeches and uh, what are we doing? Just go. Just give me a ghost. You, I don't care. You've already jumped that zombie shark a long time ago. Just take it. Take give that me ball ghost Wesker. Give me ghost Wesker, please. What are we yes. doing? Yes. <laughs> God, just like that's all I want, Captain. Capcom, do it. <sighs> Psychonauts Two is also coming out this year. And I'm very excited for Psychonauts Two. <laughs> You're a lot less excited than Ghost <laughs> Resident Evil. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm, look, I'm, I'm, I, I should have ended with Resident Evil, honestly, because that is like my peak of the year. But Psychonauts 2 is coming out apparently fairly soon, from what I've heard. I, I am ashamed to say that I've never played the original game, and I really should. I think, yeah, I think you dig it, eh? It's it's a very... It's like Double Fine at their peak, I would say. They are, like, doing the weird, quirky humor, like the Tim Burton-esque aesthetic. It's a solid platformer, really fun mm. powers. I think you would dig it. I think it's very... It's mm. a very, very ps2 game but a good ps2 game you know considering that i recently replayed brutal legend i think you, you're onto something i need to actually dig this out i'm certain i have a code for it from some humble bundle that i purchased ages ago yeah i'm I mean, it's it's not difficult to really find copies of it anymore if you don't have a code yeah. it's, it's i think it's fairly cheap uh, the, well, i mean cyclonauts should become to game pass soon as well i think i mean oh yeah find it's owned by microsoft yeah that's a good point actually if you if you can try and find a um a console version because the pc port wasn't fantastic Ooh, okay yeah the pc ports controls were not very good but the, the, it still plays beautifully on the on the console but yeah i just i just want more psychonauts i love psychonauts i love the original i just want more of it can um, we just mention how our uh, double fine has one of the best you know I- intro 
intro splash pages when everyone of the games starts it double fine oh it's so good the one with brutal legend with jack black sort yeah. of like sh- uh, shouting is also so good yeah he did like multiple takes of that and they used all of it so sometimes it's like double fine double fine it's so good that, that i mean double fine i think still continues to be one of my favorite like working developers out there at the moment oh, tim schaefer what a dude i actually met him um at, at the one e3 true story oh really did you yeah so I was wearing like one of my um, Monkey Island t- t-shirts and they had like let li- li- Chuck's brew on it. And yeah. um, so it's like, oh, that's a cool t-shirt. So like I started talking to him. He's like, oh, where are you from? Like, I'm from South Africa. He's like, that's such a cool accent. I'm like, no, no, no it's not. No, it's, it's not. No. Really not a cool accent. <laughs> but you know what? Thank you for the compliment, Mr. Schaefer. I will take it. And then he buggered off into the Sony crowd never to be seen again. That's so, that's so cool. Like, I... I really hope that one day like e3 is a thing again because i i, I want a story like that dude dude i absolutely feel for you because i have so many stories from from e3 you've heard a couple of them and it, it just it makes me so sad that you haven't had a chance to experience the e3 like we've had like when it was at its peak in the between tens there's e3 at its absolute finest this yeah. whole wrestlemania week of video game announcements positivity in the air crackling energy it's it cannot be matched yeah no. if, i know if i i have a feeling that we there's maybe one E3 left and like I'm going to do whatever I can to go to that E3 because... Yeah, we'll we'll ship you in a box there. Yeah, we'll do something. I'll, I'll stow away in your baggage. I don't give a shit. <laughs> we'll be, be like I'm um, like with Luke Skywalker when he was training on day. They go ahead like a Yoda on his bed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, just, like, I'll, I'll, I'll just be there with like a camera like on a selfie stick just recording <laughs> everything from very high up. It's perfect. This is, this is the media landscape we live in. Of course it is. Of course. The other things that I'm excited for this year, the Hogwarts game. Hogwarts legacy yes oh man i can't wait you know and i'm just I, I, give I, me the magic give me the magic but also i don't know why i'm excited because i don't actually care for harry potter <laughs> <laughs> you know yes the thing harry potter you know you can take it and you can leave it but the actual world that jk rowling it's created before so she went nuts cool. yeah. is is brilliant it's i mean so cool and how it's been built on cinematically also it, you cannot take anything away from it it is such a cool world yeah I, th- I think I think my I, I, I mean I loved Harry Potter growing up as a kid and I think once yeah, yeah I, I feel like some Harry Potter is something a lot of people grow out of a little bit um, mm. but the, yeah as you say the thing that never changes is how interesting that like wizarding world is you know they, they, there's obviously like s- silly um issues with it like in in terms of like how it fits into like actual reality but like once you put that aside if you just say cool you are in hogwarts you're a student of hogwarts go around live your best life that is amazing that is all i want that is the coolest thing i can imagine you know the only i think yeah i think coincidentally this is the 20th anniversary of the first harry potter film uh the harry potter and the philosopher's stone 20th anniversary yes that came out in 2001 didn't it yeah Okay, so that makes sense. All all I want from Hogwarts Legacy, like I don't, I don't, I don't care for the um, if the combat's meh, fine. If the story's not great, sure, I don't care. All I want is a, I just want a Quidditch, dude. I want Quidditch <laughs> to be so good. That's all I need. Wasn't there like a PS2 Quidditch game? There, there was a PS2 and a PC Quidditch game called um, uh, Quidditch World Cup. That's what it was, and I actually owned it, and it was bad. Oh no! It, it, no, no, you know, you know. Actually, that's not fair. It wasn't bad. It was a very imagine like those early PS2 uh, FIFA games. It was kind of like that. It was very limited in its scope. <sighs> it was very limited, like in what you could do. There wasn't a lot of content. But the best part about it is that the countries you played as, because you could choose whatever country, like England, um, Austra- I think Australia was the one I played as most. Sue me. 
Um, and the reason I enjoyed playing Australia more than any of the other teams was <laughs> every team had a traitor. I know, I know, I know, I know. But uh, hear, me, you know, hear me out. I'll, I'll justify why I play as Australia. Every team had like a super move where they would all like like get together and like score like 50 points or something. And Australia's, they would literally summon waves into the arena and like stand on their broomsticks and surf the waves to the enemy's goal. It is so cool. It's so cool. It is so Australian. I know. It couldn't be more Australian. <laughs> it was just so rad to actually like, like that was your finishing move. That's how you were going to end the game is to surf across the entire pitch past <laughs> everyone and score like 50 points. Like, yeah, why not? If you could do it, do it. I should have like Dingo de- Dementors just like f- flying around them, stealing babies. <laughs> a Dingo stole a snitch. A Dingo stole a snitch. <laughs> Good day, mate. Good day, mate. Can't believe the thing I style snitch again. <laughs> that would be a that would, look. That would have been a very authentic Australian accent if I dropped in about uh, twelve other cuss words. Yeah, the, the only accent I can do is a Sean Connery one because um, it's so easy to actually do. All you have to do is say the word goulash. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good one. Yeah, just say goulash, goulash, and you're in the right frame of mind. That's really good. It's like um uh um. If I, you know, you know, you know, Geordies like the like the Geordie accent in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the it's again like my my like trigger phrase to get into the Geordie accent is is saying all we do is go out and get smashed. <laughs> I love it. And then I, can, and um, then I can just go. Yeah, that's good. I'm not a Geordie. I'm from Atlapool. <laughs> <laughs> this that's like, gonna sound terrible when I hear it. Yeah, look, it's not, it's not gonna. Yeah, it's gonna sound not not amazing, but quite frankly, it works considering we're talking about Harry Potter. <laughs> the other, the other, uh, the other big thing I wanted. Axiom Verge Two is coming out this year, apparently, which I'm very excited about. I don't know if you played the original Axiom Verge, but that. Game, you know, I, I, I swear I, I edited your review for Axiom Verge, and I cannot remember a thing about it. I that I do not know if that's. I don't think that's possible because I think Axiom Verge came out in like 2017, 2018. Okay, so you weren't born yet. Yeah, I wasn't born yet. No, if I was, if I was born, my hair was still wet from the womb. Yeah, folks, he's a prodigy, by the way. Okay, okay, um, that's very <laughs> nice of you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I I love the original Axiom Verge because it is um, it's such a proper, uh, not reimagining, but it's a love letter to those classic like Metroid games. It's not even Metroidvania. It feels like just straight up Metroid, and it is really good at doing that the powers you get the way you maneuver around the the world the map design it's one of my favorite metroidvanias other than um hollow knight oh shit why haven't i put hollow knight silk song on this what am i doing yes oh man alessandro's gonna come for you in your sleep he's gonna come for me he's gonna come for me how have i not put silk song into one sorry axon verge bye you're done you're finished now we're not talking <laughs> yeah, about you yeah. You just We're made talk- it off the list. Yeah, you just made it off the list because Silk Song's also <laughs> coming out this year. And it's just, I, I mean, yes. But why, why am I talking about Silk Song? Like, Hollow Knight's one of the greatest games ever, of all time. And Silk Song's coming out this year, apparently. You know what's amazing is that I haven't played Hollow Knight, but I've watched so many streams and gameplay videos of it because I cannot get enough of its art style. It's, it's gorgeous, just, eh? It's so oh. gorgeous. Everything you can see is hand drawn and just lovingly crafted. Yeah, and there's just there's a mark of quality to me. Yeah, like that 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 attention to detail, especially with like hand drawn animations and and backgrounds. It's it's such a time consuming thing to do. And I think Team Team Cherry is a very small dev team, so the fact that they are able to pull it off so flawlessly is is remarkable. Oh, talking about video game soundtracks, um, uh, Hollow Knight also has one of the greatest soundtracks. It's so good. Hmm. I was putting it on my Spotify. I have a listen when I'm at gym. Yeah, listen, listen to it on Spotify. Like I, I use it for like my D and D 
music for like setting the, the tone and combat and what it's 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 phenomenal it's really really Ooh. it's very good atmospheric it's, i like that it's very atmospheric so silk songs come out this year uh, they, i don't know too much about it because i haven't got around to reading the edge uh, article uh, edge did a big sort of cover on it but i'm i want to go in as blind as possible i actually i actually did, did read that it was a fascinating article I, and i will say having a, a subscription to edge on my ipad is one of the best investments i've ever made yeah i must i must do it as well I'm considering. Yeah. I'm considering going in on an edge. When I saw that they were doing Silk Song, I was like, hmm, I should do. This I wonder actually. if we can if we can share my account and just save you some bucks. Oh, well, that's not a bad let's, idea. We let's actually find out. We'll, we'll look. We'll look into that. Yeah, but I want to go into Silk Song totally blind, so I haven't been following much of it at all. I just know that it is apparently coming out this year, and that's all I want. Looks good. It looks so good. Uh, and then the only other thing that I'm really super desperately excited about is um, the Switch Pro. Mm, if apparently, it exists. Apparently the Switch Pro. So, <laughs> well, I mean, we, who knows? Yeah, I read some rumors on that this week. Yeah, we did. I was going to ask you about it because I, I was pulling up the article here. Yeah, there's rumors that these new Switch Pro is going to have like an OLED screen, uh, 4K output onto like a bigger screen or on its main screen. Oh, gosh. And Alessandro was talking about this, like like he mentioned, if it can do a 4K output, you don't really want the, and you're not going to see that those graphics take a massive leap forward, but it's going to make your, your main menus, your menus, your user interface, your inventories look so much sharper, so much so crisper. So much better, yeah. I mean, oh. I was I was busy playing um, Breath of the Wild uh, a few a few weeks back, just very briefly, and that, that games like UI just suffers on a 720p screen. I'm mainly playing handheld, it just doesn't yeah. look especially amazing. Uh, but if if that does exist, if this is a thing, I'm all in on a Switch Pro because I play my Switch every night. Mm. Um, it is like my favorite console by a and long for, shot. And for those of you who are unaware, you have no idea. We have never really seen an, an OLED screen in action. You've got no idea how much of an upgrade it is. Just have perfect blacks. You've got those self-illuminated LEDs, and it makes a gigantic difference Huge with difference. what you see it's it's unbelievable i mean i, I upgraded my, my, my tv saved up some bucks you know did some some shilling you know got bribed by activision as usual yeah, uh, i got myself yes. i got myself my lg cx to go on the gold player death star that i'm in right now and oh my gosh i started playing assassin's creed valhalla on on my older lg led tv and mm. that game is say what you want that game is stunning to look at yeah. But on an OLED screen, it is ungodly pretty. I, th- I think, uh, uh, talking about OLED screens, I think it's a sort of uh, thing, it's difficult to explain to someone if they haven't seen it. Yeah. You know, you, it, it's difficult to explain to someone why an OLED screen is so much better. But like once you, it's sort of thing, you sort of sit them down and turn it on and be like, look, do you see? You know? It, it, it's an instant seller. I mean, if you can, go into your nearest game or Cloppers or Dion Wide, whatever, would give one still open, and just go have a look at the, the OLED screens there on display, and you will be gobsmacked. Yeah, you'll be, you'll, you'll be, you'll be converted in a second. OLED yeah. is a huge change, and if that is a thing on the Switch Pro, like, that is more than enough reason to invest yeah. in one. Literal game changer. Also, just, like, if I can have a bit of a better battery as well. Because, like, the, the, the updated Switch that I think came out in 2019 had the, the battery was improved but it wasn't like drastically better so if this thing is like chunkier and has a better battery life as yeah please uh, also much needed I, I would like more ergonomic joy cons because to be honest a, a switch is Oof, not comfortable yeah. to play for a long run yeah i know my, my hand always actually um I, last year i invested in one of those sort of um mounts with the controller handles kind of on, on either side so you slot the switch into the middle and then you you control it with you know as, as you would handheld mode but you are gripping two controller handles it's so much better i actually need to ask um nick the, the brain at what's good he actually got himself two of those those joy con 
those like third-party Joy-Con controllers that look a lot more comfortable. I actually find that from him because he plays a lot on his Switch. How, how he feels, you know, a couple of months later, is it a worthwhile investment? Yeah, yeah. Well, wait, are we talking, are we talking about like the mount that the Switch, that, that you just slot the Switch in? No, no, this was just brand new Joy-Cons. Third-party oh, Joy-Cons. Oh, straight-up jo- third-party yeah. Joy-Cons. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't even know that. Each one was basically molded like, like you know, like like an Xbox One or Xbox Series X controller, just, you know, split in half, put on the sides. Yeah. Oh, wow, I didn't even know you could get those third-party yeah. ones. How does Nintendo allow that? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's there must be some gray area where you can actually get away with it because yeah. I know if you do anything that displeases Almighty Nintendo, they will unleash their lawyer holes they, on they you. Will, they will bring down the five hundred million dollar lawsuits on your head. <laughs> yeah, take that charity. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Woo. Okay. Guess we can't. Okay. Guess we guess we can't go to Nintendo for sponsorships on this show. <laughs> they are my heroes. Yeah, no, they, I know. <laughs> let's just backpedal that one. <laughs> no, no, seriously, no. You can't just sue everyone, Nintendo. Come on, let's be, no, let's yeah. be let's It's be it's been very damaging to your reputation, right? There, now. It, it is, it is, it is. So that's that's I think all we, we're talking about games. Um, do you want to quickly run through sort of the movies and series we've been uh, enjoying of, of late? Why we've been enjoying them? I see you've been watching mm. Archer, which very I don't know if you saw earlier this week the character design of Archer. Uh, passed away and rather tragically oh no that's 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 tra- terrible he, yeah he he passed away in a um in the most archer way possible in a freak sky uh, skydiving accident oh gosh that that is a terrifying way to i, I, I mean know. if you, you if you know me who doesn't want to be in an airplane in the first place yeah that's yeah. that's pretty pretty I, harrowing I would, but I also like have, have a heart attack before i even hit the ground <laughs> I'm sure that's how most people would go if that like happens to them, right? Or they just yeah. like hyperventilate or something. Who, who knows? But like, what an Archer way to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I started watching Archer season eleven, which started on Netflix. I mean, I know it's been out for a while on other formats. If you've been sailing the high seas, which you really shouldn't be doing, but yeah, mm. uh, season eleven is on Netflix. And you know, quick spoiler: it starts with Archer finally waking up from his coma because he's been having all these weird coma dreams. Yes, the coma then. years, of course. Yes, and it's just fascinating to watch an entire series of the worst person alive bringing out the worst in his colleagues. He oh, also, oh, okay. I know we were talking about Bojack Horseman. Cool. Let's talk about that as well. <laughs> no, we're not talking about Bojack <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's Archer is the worst character. It's just amazing. Like, he's been in a coma for two years. The, the rest of the world has moved on. His colleagues have become better versions of themselves, uh, except for Cheryl. She's become boring. But yeah, and he comes out and he just he drags him down back into the depths. Uh, what a horrible person. You know, I can't stop watching. Yeah. It, it, it's it's the, those, I find that those sort of shows are weirdly cathartic. The, those sort of shows that have like the really just shitty, terrible, like main character, right? Yeah. There, there, there's something so cathartic about seeing them just be terrible because you know that you, you don't want to be that person, right? But it is so entertaining watching someone else be that person. And they cast him as a hero, even though he is so terrible. It's, what guys? No, he's not a hero. It's just like like saying Freddy Krueger's my hero. No, he's not. Oh, I mean, he did he did sort of deal with those teens. Those teens were they were getting up to mischief, you know. Uh, best babysitters club film. Yeah, ba- best babysitters club. <laughs> Listen, if no one else was going to discipline those teens, I don't know. Someone needed yeah. to, you know. Yeah, yes, yeah, I'm thinking with, with Archer. I cannot binge watch this show. I can only do one episode per day. Yeah, it's it's such a, a dialogue heavy show that you have to actually turn it off and think of what what went on yeah it's is so it, is it as as it as it maintained its um its humor because i know a lot of people dropped off 
like in those coma dream years just because a lot of people i know got very tired of this, the the writing especially because it wasn't what they initially liked about the show has it like gone back to that proper yeah i'm probably an exception i mean yeah i mean the um, status quo is basically kind of back back in place by the end of season 11 but to me the core drive of archer has always been the interaction between characters just horrible people being yeah. horrible to each other it's you know the animated always sunny in philadelphia and that's yeah. that's there it's always been there. It's never going to disappear. And plus, I'm always a big fan of Barry whenever he shows up. Oh, I mean, Barry's the best part of that show. <laughs> uh, Barry. Barry, Barry's, Barry. Barry's amazing. Barry the Cyborg. I haven't watched Archer in a while. Just not not, not, not for any particular reason. I just haven't really got around to, to yes. it. I, I, I stopped. It was it was before he went into a coma. But I don't know. I'm, I must actually get back into it. And I need something like... Yeah, I, I enjoyed the, that, that series when he was in a coma. To, to me, that's when I enjoyed it the most. I don't know what people are going on about. People just complain way too often. It, it, yeah, I know, people do. I, I, it might just be the circles that I keep that people like to complain a lot. Yeah, I mean, just um, enjoy the story, man. That's all it is. Yeah, I just enjoy it for what it is. I see you've also got here... Um, <laughs> okay, I'm not even... Okay. You, Kingan you Asherah. So sure. the best way I can describe King and Ashra is as white collar fight club. <laughs> okay. okay. So I'm Im- imagine this. All, imagine this. I'm a little bit interested. <laughs> imagine business in Japan, and to to get ahead in business, you have to literally beat the shit out of the other guy. But the best way to do this is to have a corporate sponsored fighter on your payroll, and then they enter these official tournaments. There is heritage and legacy behind these tournaments. And whoever wins, you know, gets like more stock prices for their company. They can actually win an entire company for them. And everything eventually comes to a head with this conglomerate holding this gigantic tournament. The, the whole series is one big anime tournament arc. That, that's what it is. So it's, uh, look, I'll be honest, Darren, I haven't watched an anime in an especially long time. <laughs> it, it, that, that, is, that is a good thing from the sounds of what you're talking about. If you want to see two guys beat the snot out of each other, that's what King and Asher is, and get corporate stock in the process. It's yeah. How um, anime is it? Like, is okay. it the the sort of thing where they uh, spend most of the fight? And this is a cliche, I know, but I, I this isn't a realm I'm particularly familiar with. Um, do they spend most of the fight sort of like talking at each other? The, the people around them obviously talk, you know, and then then there are the moments where, where the actual fighting happens. You know, it's got, it's got that, that that Dragon Ball Z bystander effect. In sure, the actual sure. fighting itself, all of it is rooted in real-world martial arts that have existed over the, the uh, centuries. But it's got sure. some supernatural elements, like some characters like, oh, I'm going to release my limiter now, even though this tears my body apart. I'm going to punch you even harder. You know, I mean, that's there. Sure, good. Yeah, that seems like a tactically poor move, but I mean, if that's going to work for yeah. it, go ahead. So it's got some, some actual mythology behind it, take it to a sort of realistic extreme. Yeah. But what I hate about it is that th- this anime series it mixes traditional 2D animation, and then when the fights come, it's got this horrible 3D CGI characters punching each other. Oh, no. That's and it just true. lacks any impact whatsoever. It yeah. just looks terrible. And yeah, it's that's, so that's anime. But because of that, I went to, uh, started reading the official, the actual manga that it's based on. Oh, my gosh. The, the art is... Oh! It makes you wince every time someone throws a kick or a punch. 
Oh, really? It's good. It is just this gorgeous, brutal art on every single page when the fight starts. I might, I might, if I, if, if it gets to a point where I need to start understanding manga and anime, I might have to come, like, we're going to share, if we, sh- if we do end up sharing a, a subscription <laughs> to Edge, I might need to start sharing a subscription to whatever a manga the app you use, because I might need to be more informed. Yeah, what you can do is this Manga Plus, you, it's absolutely free, it gives you the latest uh, Shonen Jump chapters every Sunday night. Okay, that's pretty cool. And also, other stuff from the Shueisha publishing arm. So there's, there's some other great mangas I'm reading at the moment. It's got a whole bunch of legacy titles on there as well. Uh, there's also another one that came out called Mango Manga Mo, and there's also a, this one's more of a subscription one, but it's got a higher quality than Manga Plus. So I actually okay. I do appreciate that. Okay. Oh, there you go. Maybe so yeah, free manga, official support the artist, Manga Plus updates constantly. Perfect. Let's look into it. What have you been watching? Talking, yeah, talking about um, what you're saying about real world martial arts. I've been watching. I don't know if you watched Cobra Kai, but you should be if you haven't. <laughs> I know of Cobra Kai. I mean, I watched the Karate Kid films ages ago, and then that was it for me. I cranked yeah, my I, way out of there. Yeah, I, 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 um, I remember watching Karate Kid back when I was probably about, probably about but eight, seven, eight years old, and I loved it so much that the next week I went and signed up for karate lessons. And I did karate for about eleven years. Oh wow! I, I, yeah, no, I, I ended up getting like I think I can't remember which dan I got to. I got I got my black belt. I think I got first dan or something. Nice. Yeah, thank you. I like, but like this is this is this isn't to to um, brag or anything. But this is to put into context how much I adore Karate Kid. I loved, love, love, love Karate Kid. And you know, Cobra Kai uh, came out as a. It, it was a fairly indie production. I think it was on YouTube for a little bit, but the whole thing was like you know a reframing of the original movie in which the um, bully. Uh, I'm so bad with names and of characters. The bully of uh, the, the movies. Yeah, Johnny. That's his name. Johnny. Ah. He, he is the prota- he is the protagonist of Cobra Kai, and, and um, Danny, who is the um, titular karate kid, is kind of uh, he's grown up to be less of a uh, less of a hero. But the whole, the whole, the whole thing of Cobra Kai is that it is this beautiful, not only love letter to um, the original like films, the original Karate Kid. It's also such an amazing recontextualization and reinterpretation of what those films were about into in such a way that it's just it's it's such an entertaining watch. You know, you have this character who was just an absolute shitlord. Johnny was the worst in those movies. You know, I, I would counter that. There's actually a theory that Johnny wasn't was actually not such a bad guy because if you look at um, Daniel, he was kind of a bit of a psycho. Yeah, well, but I mean, this is this is what Cobra Kai is about. This is like really it, it, it goes into that. You know, it oh. talks. It, it shows. Yeah, it shows like it. It is really cleverly done. It uses footage of those movies when um, Johnny's talking about like the, the conflicts that he has with Danny. That really changes it and from his perspective, right? Like there's oh. they go. The, I think it's in season two that they, they mention that the scene on the beach. Where, yes. Um, yeah, and like, and he, he's talking about you know like. This kid just randomly comes up to me and starts like punching me in the face. I was just talking to a girl. Like I, I don't know what I did wrong. Like it's a, it takes some liberties with that because it tries to excuse some things that Johnny does that were, I don't know, fairly obviously shitty. Mm. But like the really interesting recontextualization of why Johnny the was the way he was. He was being abused left, right, and center, especially in his karate dojo. The whole Cobra Kai thing was incredibly toxic for him as like a growing youth as a teenager oh yeah he sensei was a dick oh yeah and he, he even re- he does actually return in the series as well which is re- and all the original actors as well it's 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 really well done it's just this really great 
extended character arc this, this character study of a man who knows that he was um a, an awful awful person and has really amounted to much in his life and is trying mm-hmm. to fix that and is trying to work and improve himself this by... is kind of shakespearean it is a little bit shakespearean actually it's interesting to say that it is it is i could definitely i would call it shakespearean in its scope and its themes it's uh, a lot of people have already said that Cobra Kai is fantastic. I'm I'm no exception, but like yeah, I, it, season three just dropped on Netflix. It is season three is the first season that Netflix produced. Like they acquired it after season two, and you can see the budget has gone through the roof. Oh, so is, so the other two seasons are available if you've if you've not watched it. Yeah, yeah, the other two seasons are also available on Netflix as well. Um, they it's actually a fairly quick little series to to binge. The episodes aren't too long, but they tell a very compelling story with some amazing characters. Some acting's a little bit hit and miss here or there, but um, it, it's generally worth looking into. I, yeah, I would say give Cobra Kai a watch. It's fantastic. And the, the overall action is, let's say, a karate expert reacts to Cobra Kai in your case. It's not bad. <laughs> it's, the thing about karate is that it does, I don't think it's a martial art that especially translates well onto screen. Um, I mean, if you look at the sort of, like that crane kick in the first... Um, yeah. karate get in the first karate kid movie they took a little bit of liberties with that like the actual kick is fine but the whole crane pose that's complete dances that's complete I, bullshit i think ages ago there was a karate kid film remake with jackie chan and one and will smith's kid i was like that's not karate man that's freaking kung fu yeah that was kung fu that, that was in, that was totally inaccurate that was all kung fu it's it's <laughs> definitely the cobra kai is far more grounded in actual karate than the, the, the that remake good remake though i enjoyed it hmm. the only other thing that i've really been watching is uh the last airbender which is yeah it's my it's my favorite the story ever it's like i start every year i start off re-watching the last airbender it is how i kick off every single year it's become a tradition for me that show starts off so deceptively kitty and then like by the end of the year first first arc it's like what the heck did i just see yeah no like so um this isn't uh, i don't want to i don't want to plug this but i'm considering starting a last airbender podcast just because i i adore it so much i think tracy tracy and noel would be with you all the way yeah i, I think i actually might need them to come in on and, and, <laughs> and, and guest uh, guest a few episodes and kirvin um, oh, and kirvin as well i have so many resources <laughs> but I, I start every year watching last Airbender, and it's, it's it, it it does start off like really kitty and this main one of my main complaints is like starting with season one it it is slow to start um, but when you hit about the midpoint of season one, when like the actual plot is discovered of Sozin's comet and um, the Firebenders like increasing their power when the comet passes over and he needs to defeat the Fire Lord. Before that, oh man, it gets so deep. That series works on so many physical and spiritual levels. It's unreal that this thing was even made. It's uh, for Nickelodeon of all production companies. Mm. It was made for Nickelodeon. You know, at the time they were doing what SpongeBob and like some and that, other the, weird shit. There was this, this push to have like kids sitcoms, which were freaking terrible, awful. awful. I mean, like they, they and still shit. infest oh Cartoon Network. I despise them with a passion. But then there was Avatar, the soul light in the sky, and and in a very in a, in a very literal sense as well. Um, mm. it, it, yeah, no, it's my favorite show of all time. It's my favorite story of all time. Last night I got to um, the midpoint of season two with the um the lake lao guy agents of the daily and the brainwashing of basing say wow that series goes in hey in season two oh it's so timely as well because i mean like this is kind of you know like it is I even, hong kong right now yeah i didn't even think about that it is so it that's such a good point it is weirdly ti- like timely yeah the whole like 
the the of the whole of Basing Say is basically being run by a a government organization that is convincing people that everything is okay and there's nothing wrong with it by brainwashing <laughs> them. It's it's wild. Everyone's there, that dog in the burning room going, This is fine. <laughs> This is fine. No, I, I don't really have much to say on The Last Airbender other than that if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. It's the, it's arguably the best cartoon ever made. It's phenomenal. Along those lines, have you seen Voltron Legendary Defender? I, well, I watched I watched about three seasons of it and then I sort of dropped off because it stopped, I don't know, it stopped really going anywhere that I was enjoying. Yeah, what I hate is because there's some weird thing where Netflix truncates a an entire season they're like oh yeah season three but six episodes yeah season four it's seven episodes like yeah i'm like damn bitch you know that's that season three it stopped doing that yeah no, but that, that, along, along the, the those notes um for some reason uh voltron i think it's like two seasons on on netflix but now the entire saga all eight seasons or six seasons in my opinion all mm. six seasons are there ready to be watched and oh what a worthy like spiritual successor to, to ever time yeah because it's the same creative team behind them right yeah, yeah. No, I, I must. If if they're all on there, I must go and I must go and. I've heard that. Yeah, because of the way they truncate that a lot of the pacing in later seasons gets a bit there, but yeah. But if you binge it, it's if oh, you binge so it, good. then it's much better. Yeah, I think I actually might actually end up doing it. Plus, it has a kick-ass soundtrack. Oh, it's so good. I'll never, I'll never get watching that first season. That one of the first fights where they first form Voltron. It's, it's so cool. It's just so and, well done. And also the art style. You swear, Rion Johnson had, had directed. The yes, as well. Right. It's very. It's very. Um. You say Rian Johnson? Yeah, from uh, Star Wars: Lost Lost Je- Je- Jedi. See, this is this is a really interesting thing because I've also wanted to call him Rian Johnson so often because of a South, it's a South African sort of looking name. Wait, how, how do you how do you say his name? It's Ryan Johnson. Really? Yeah, it's pronounced Ryan Johnson. Oh, huh, learn something every day. Yeah, I but I I can't hold you at fault to that because I also instinctively want to pronounce it as Rian because yeah. it looks like such a South African name. Okay, so it's Ryan Johnson. Yeah, Ry- Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> Darren, I think that basically wraps us up for our first show, does it not? Yeah, that's a nice, beefy, meaty first show. Not bad. I think that's that, that, that we, we got some good we got some good chats and we got some good discussion. Mm, the banter was um, flowing. We actually haven't talked about a name. We did say we were going to talk about what we were going to potentially call this thing. Yeah, maybe we should ask our readers, you know, for some ideas. I mean, there'll probably be a few obvious ones, like critical twits or. I don't know. Yeah, critic. Oh, that's a good one, Darren. That's already <laughs> so good. Why do we need to? That's so good. Why am I cursed with all these good ideas? That's so good. Critical twits is so good. Uh, but yeah, no, actually, that, that's that, that's a good call. Maybe we do actually put it out into the universe. Yeah, we could say you know, give us an, an idea for 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 for, for the moment as you know the untitled critical hit podcast, which sounds like an indie prog rock band, which is not a bad thing. You say it like it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Hey, I can take it either way. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, so let's let's end off by saying we want to do this uh, once a week. We're going to be trying to keep it consistent on a Tuesday release, and yeah, this is going to be um, uh, fairly. It's going to be a recurring thing throughout the year, and and we, I, I really enjoyed doing this, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed listening to it as well. If you did enjoy listening to it, be sure to um, give us a give us a review, give us a share, give us a follow, do all that sort of fun stuff. You can find us on criticalhit.net. Uh, and you can also plug that into Facebook and Twitter to find our socials. Darren, uh, what is your Twitter handle? I can never remember. My Twitter handle is deranged, and that's with a extra D at the end because some other dickhead took my took the handle I wanted. What a dickhead! You can find Darren at uh, at deranged. Yeah, D A 
R-R-A-N-G-E-D-D. There it is. You could find me, Brad Lang, at, at Ice Barely Coping. <laughs> Ice and Bear. this has been the untitled uh, Critical Hitcast. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the week. Mm-hmm.